This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, I, I think crowd energy is always a benefit for the defense, more so for the offense. I mean, the harder it is for an offense to communicate, the better it is for a defense. And, you know, that, that also reemphasizes how well we have to communicate because we want it to be as loud as possible. And we want to handle those issues with us communicating because it is harder for an offense. So we, we, we're looking forward to that. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and Husker Online intern now Grace Harmon here, as you just heard from Barrett Root talking about the crowd noise and how he wants that to be a factor as a guy like Justin Fields hasn't played yet in a very tough environment as a young starting quarterback in college football, but he's looked outstanding here through four weeks. But it's time for the mailbag. Grace, what do you have this week to lead us off? All right, with everything going on this weekend, both in reality and in rumor, is this the most anticipated recruiting weekend since Bill Callahan's staff took over? I think it is. I mean, I, I think it, it's up there. I, I mean, there's been some that have rivaled this. Um, you know, there's been big home games over the last several years against Wisconsin and Ohio State, but the college game day hasn't been here since uh, the 2007 USC game. And, Nate, you could speak to that. That was one of the biggest recruiting weekends that, that this program's ever had in terms of talent on campus. Yeah, between that, that, that weekend and then I think the home opener that year, I mean, those were two of the bigger recruiting weekends that I can recall, um, you know, in the last 15 to 20 years. So, and I, I think because there's obviously a natural parallel there between game day being here this coming weekend and, uh, you know, and it having been there in 2007. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that it's been um, arguably the, you know, this will be the biggest weekend recruiting wise since that uh, 2007 year. Well, and they've had big events like the Friday Night Lights camps yeah. and stuff like that where they opened up the stadium and had a DJ and, and thousands of people showed up. But, you combine the game, the atmosphere, the, the Friday night before uh, with, mm-hmm. with the uh, opening night with basketball, Rick Ross and all that stuff, uh, college game day, just go down the list. I don't think there's anything, uh, at least certainly since I've been covering this team, that's 2008, that comes close to rivaling everything that's going on with this weekend. All right, we'll kind of stick with the theme of recruiting. Robin, do you have any potential big-time basketball recruits you see coming in this weekend? Yeah, they're going to have several um, on campus, and uh, you know, they got four official visits and um, multiple other unofficial visitors, um, Frank Anselm and uh, Will uh, Breedenbach, two 2021 four-star kids um, to kind of highlight the group. They're coming on official visits. Uh, and then also uh, they have you know three-star kid who was temporarily a, um, a four-star at one point. He got dropped down Jordan Nesbitt. He's a guard. And then a kid named uh, Tibet Gorner, who is from Turkey, three-point specialist. So those are your four official visitors. And like I said, multiple other unofficials. So uh, they're taking full advantage of this weekend, just like football is. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, taking your questions in the mailbag with Grace Harmon. All right, do you guys foresee Jakeem Green playing on defensive line this week? And if so, how big of a role would he have? Gosh, I'd be surprised. I mean, if he was that good, they weren't going to redshirt him. And I think that group of six has played so well. There would have to be an injury, in my opinion, um, just to thrust him in there or a clear sign of this D-line getting tired. Um, but it would kind of come as a surprise to me if they would just thrust him out there in his first college game against Ohio State. Yeah, I agree. But listening to Tony Tuioti this week, uh, he made it seem like he was uh, that Keem was really, really, really close 
to seeing the field and you know you got four games to use them this is probably one that you'd want all hands deck particularly a guy that we thought could potentially push for a starting job uh, the day he set foot on campus so um, if he does play Tuioti made it clear they're going to try and get him in early uh, and get his feet wet right away so I don't know how they're going to do that. I agree with you, Sean. I don't know if you mess with a good thing. Um, they've got a pretty good established rotation with that defensive line. Um, so to just kind of throw in a wrench in a game of this magnitude, that's risky. But if he's that good of a player, um, you know, anything, anything you can do to help uh, increase your chances, I'd do it. Well, yeah, I think obviously he's that type of guy. That's why they wanted to get him. That's why they wanted to keep him. Um, and I feel like if, you, if you're going to play him, this would be one of those weeks that you'd want to want to bring him out, uh, right? And I think that uh, it would make sense if he does play. It would make sense to, to get him in there early to see what he can give you. You know, if it's not working out, then you can you can you know put him back on the bench or whatever. But um, I feel like Nebraska. Uh, probably was looking at him when he arrived and said, okay, well, if we can get this guy ready to play against Ohio State, and if he can give us something, he can, you know, spell anybody along that defensive line just for a little bit, um, that would be that would be an added bonus. And so I would not be surprised at all if he at least sees the field uh, a little bit this, this weekend. All right, so through four games, what grade would you give Cam Jerkins? Uh, I mean, probably a – a C. I mean, I, I think it'd be hard to go any higher. I mean, he. I think he's improved a lot. I know he started blocking really well as that game went on against Illinois and did a nice job. But so many people have looked at that first game and the snap issues. And I know he had some snap issues um, the week before, a little bit in other games as well. But I still think he's been solid, and I, I think he is their best option. Yeah, I don't know if there's much of a question about that, assuming he can get the snapping under control, which, uh, you know, the previous two games before Illinois, he'd done a much better job that some of those problems came back, not literally to the degree like they were, um, you know, in the opener, certainly, but um, he's still very much a work in progress. People got to keep in mind he's only been playing this position for less than a full calendar year. So uh, he's got a lot of growing to do, and each and every snap and game he plays uh, is going to make him better. And so, you know, right now I I think Sean is fair. I'd probably go with a C as well, Uh, and I think there's a lot of room for improvement even even through the rest of the season. Yeah, I can't argue with a C. That's probably what I would go with. But I think the encouraging thing is that he has improved and – uh, starting to look more and more comfortable and and um, you know and I think that the more he sees and the more he experiences the the better that he's going to get and so um, you know I, I think that we're going to see um, you know him continue to take steps forward throughout the season we got time for about two more grace what do you have all right well do you think the staff has been purposefully limiting what Adrian Martinez can do in the run game or what does his hesitancy come from no, I <laughs> say that three times fast. Whoa, that's a word. <laughs> um, no, they're not. I mean, Nebraska's not good enough to be like, we're going to hold this back. Or we're going to limit this. I mean, they have to do what they have to do to win games right now. Uh, the, the line and the margin of error is not much. Um, I just think a lot of it is the feel. And when Illinois' defense started getting tired, um, you know, they ran, Nebraska ran 52 plays in the second half, 46 in the first half. I mean, that is a 
ton of plays. I think that was when they recognized this is when we do it because they're not going to be able to arm tackle Adrian, and he broke through arm tackles. And so a lot of it's just the rhythm and the feel of the offense. Well, and I think it's with Adrian too. Scott Frost mentioned that on Monday was uh, Adrian was running with some actual decisiveness, and he decided I'm going to keep it, and he ran. He wasn't you know debating whether he should hand it off or if he should scramble or whatever it is. When he saw a lane, he hit the hole and he hit it hard, and that's how he run through arm tackles and get those yards after contact, which was he was so good at at the end of last year. So um, I imagine that's going to continue, and it needs to. Uh, you remember back to last year, he ran the ball like 20 times for 70-some uh, yards and a couple touchdowns against Ohio State. So he was a big part of their running game. So, uh, you know, he, he's as important as the, of a piece as there is on this offense, and they need him in every phase to be to be on it. Yeah, there's no way that they're, they're telling him not to run or they're holding him back. You know, they might obviously limit or, or pay attention to how many carries he's, he's getting throughout a game, but they need to have him uh, running and... And, and I think that with Adrian, too, I think that once he gets going in the run game, I, I feel like he kind of settles down and, and everything kind of gets into a rhythm as far as passing and everything else, too. So um, I, I think that that's going to continue. They, they need it to continue throughout the season to uh, uh, have Adrian uh, use his feet. All right, final question, Grace. What do you have? All right, well, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, and I can't quite remember the last time College Game Day was in Lincoln. Do you guys have any specific memories from Game Day in general? Well, I'm a lot older than you, and I can remember the first times uh, they ever came to Lincoln. Um, UCLA game, uh, it was the second year of College Game Day. The very first year, they only did one game. And then Nebraska-UCLA was an early non-conference game. J.J. Stokes, you guys remember J.J. Stokes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. He was their star receiver in Nebraska in 94, um, you know, played them in Lincoln here. And um, what was interesting about Game Day was it wasn't Kirk Herbstreit back then. It was um, Craig James. Craig mm. James was the initial ex-player with Corso, and then James got kind of greedy and wanted more money, and then he left to go to CBS, and then that opened the door for a, kind of an unknown guy by the name of Kirk Herbstreit, and he launched his career, obviously, as we know, uh, once Craig James left college game day. <laughs> but there's been some memories. I mean, the uh, the 07 USC game, uh, granted it was a bad loss for Nebraska, but uh, I, I know at the time that was the record crowd for college game day. Um, I think it was at least 16,000, if not more, mm -hmm. that were inside Memorial Stadium. Um, then I think the next week somebody else broke it. But, you know, Nebraska had a huge crowd that year, um, and it was a, a record crowd for uh, college game day. Yeah, so I'd never like went to a game day any of the time they were here. Uh, but a friend, of, a whole couple of my college roommates reminded me of the 2001 Oklahoma Nebraska game when they were here. Uh, <laughs> and there's a picture of Lee Corso down in the, the North Bottoms at a house party riding a mechanical bull with a red like uh, clown afro wig and a bunch of like nebraska students cheering him on slugging beers and so um that definitely has to go but that was after the game too so like he went out after nebraska won and <laughs> was out there partying to the north bottoms with a bunch of there was a kids. time so, though where herb street would go around him like you'd see him out at the bar so yeah. I, i'm not sure he does that anymore i don't think you can do that anymore. that was the the mechanical bull was at my brother-in-law's house in the north <laughs> bottoms, actually so um, yeah, there's a little bit of a connection there, I guess. That's classic. Yeah, absolutely. And you told me you had no stories, well, Nate. <laughs> I forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, in 2007, I was working at Nebraska, and I was driving to Omaha to pick recruits up at the airport. So, yeah, I mean, I missed like the entire deal, basically, um, you know, in traffic or whatever. So, 
don't really have any recollection of, of what that was like um, that day. But And then in 2001, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was – I didn't have tickets to the game because they were all sold out and not every student had the opportunity to have tickets. And so I was tailgating elsewhere, partaking in other activities. <laughs> you remember parts of the game? Yeah, parts of the game. In 2001, you had Notre Dame and Oklahoma both at home. And student ticket, like no freshman got tickets yep. that year. Well, there was a lottery. Yeah, and if you, you won like a lottery, you got, you got three game package. Yep. And I didn't win the lottery. And you could sell your student tickets back then and validate them. So a lot of students were making big money, on, money. on the tickets back then because the stadium wasn't quite as big as it is now either. But anyway, it should be an exciting weekend. Um, when we come back, Nate's going to fill us in on all the recruits coming in as at least 11 official visitors expected to be in town. We'll get all that next year. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.